Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of AWE, Art Without Ego, the podcast, and I am your host, my name is Lucci, that's L-U-C-C-I, stands for listening, understanding, caring, considering, inquiring, and folks, we have another guest this week. Well, what do I say about this person? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, known this person for seven years. Seven years now. Uh, Going on eight. (laughs) And, uh, you know, what can I say? This, This person is a bestie. And, you know, a, a lot of just a, just a lot of memories as, you know, you know, very spiritual beings, you know, different points of our lives, but still very spiritual beings. And, you know, you know, when it comes to art and, you know, what art means to us, especially when it comes to poetry, there's just, there's just so much depth, um, for this individual that I'm going to introduce to you all. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, folks, say hello to Beauty. What's up? What an introduction. How do I go after that? <laughs> Anything I say now is going to be put in such a high regard. Um, yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, I mean... We met seven years ago, and it was at my first poetry feature. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the name? I do not. Uh, Wait a minute, was it Grab the Mic? Yes. Yes, yes. it was. It was Grab the Mic Thursdays, and uh, it was my very first poetry feature. Uh, thank you, DJ Nomadic, for that. DJ Nomadic, shout out. Yes, and uh, Essex... He was the host of Grab the Mics Thursdays. If you love yourself, clap your hands two times. (laughs) Any Grab the Mic person hearing that is going to laugh when they hear this, I promise. (laughs) Because he wouldn't just do twice. He would do four, six, seven, whatever, just throw people off. It would increase as the evening went along. Yes, and the drunker people got. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, Yes, and also shout out to Strobe. Uh, Strobe and Essex as the hip-hop duo. Strobe is also the gentleman that allowed me to work with him on making my first CD. You know, these are these are all connections that we have just from being in the in the art world. It's it's amazing, especially here in Boston. Um, Even though that was a mall, then it's you know the Boston area. Correct. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Shout out for Malden. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like yeah, is that's where you're from, right? That is where I was born and raised. Yeah. Yes. So I know I know a lot about you. Like we've Yeah, pretty we, we we've talked a lot, do you think? I I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So uh for those who may not know who Beauty is, mm-hmm. uh tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well my name is Beauty. That is my performance name, but my original name um, I jokingly say my mother named me Sylvia, but poetry named me Beauty. Mm. Um, I was born and raised in Malden. Um, 
lived in Hawaii for 10 years, uh, found myself there, started working heavily with my business because I also have a career outside of poetry where I started my own holistic company um, called Champagne Universe. And um, some people might know me from that, but of course I went by Sylvia during um, the time that I worked with my business. But beauty came around because I I was looking for a name that would un, um, help people to understand what I was trying to do with my poetry. And uh, I, my, the message that I try to get across to people is that it's about being you, whatever you is, whatever you consider it to be. Um, and I didn't want to spell it as the regular word, beauty. So I ended up spelling it B-E capital Y-O-U, capital T, so that the message is within the name, so B-U-T. Now, didn't Essex used to say that a certain kind of way? Yeah. (laughs) Or or, or who was, it was him and VCR that would do it, right? Yeah, there's a few people. Actually, I've been called a lot of things. One of them is (laughs) B-U-T, and, uh, but then some people call me B-U-T. Which is pretty funny, but (laughs) not correct. So I try to gently correct them, but I think the best time that I ever explained my name was when Lauren Hill was here. Do you remember that? (sighs) Do I ever. Standing in line and waiting for hours to see her. And I, when I sat down and talked to her, I actually explained my name as I just did. And she wrote on my poster, to beauty I love that mm. I was like wow she like acknowledged my name and that she liked it so that's pretty cool wow but I know that a lot of people out there have tried to steal my name so you will find other beauties out there but there's only one original mm-hmm. and that's me <laughs> no absolutely <laughs> well I I mean if there are others out there I mean there's a lot of views out there, but I've never seen one that was spelled the way that yours was, like well, specifically for that purpose. Yeah, and that's that's how I found out there were others out there. It wasn't in the beginning, but as I decided to um, use the name more often, one of the things I tried to do is start with an email, and it was taken. Mm. So then I started using Beautiful. Um, so I still go by Beauty, but I added Full at the end. Um, and that's how I've gotten some of my um, searches done because somebody out there has decided to use the name. Okay. Which I'm gonna take as um, as a um, what is the word I'm looking for? Sincere. A compliment. Yeah, yeah, about to say <laughs> sincerest form of flattery. Yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean that's. That's the beautiful thing about art is that, um, you know, art brings things out of people. Uh, it brings out ideas that if we weren't thinking creatively, we may have not came to. And, you know, when it comes to art, uh, I say it all the time, that when we are long gone as human beings, uh, the art will still be here. And that's what this is about. So, beauty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this this is entertaining. Uh, you know, I every every guest I've had when they've told me their stage name or nickname, uh, I've had fun 
saying their name uh, continuously uh, because I probably won't ever call them that like that again. I've known you for seven years and I've never said your name like you've ever been introduced yeah. like this. So I'm just going to like, You're this is, this, it for a little while. yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to send out another shout out okay. um, to my niece, Courtney. Yes. Um, because she is responsible for bringing me to my first open mic, which was the grab the mic when I met you mm. and I met nomadic who was incredibly supportive and incredibly helpful when I first started doing readings because I, of course, was very scared <laughs> and uh, wasn't quite sure of myself, but she she was a very positive um, influence. But Courtney is the first person that brought me to an open mic, and I want to thank her for that because um, it allowed me to open up and start sharing my poetry. I've been writing since I was probably about nine years old. Mm. Um, but I'd never read it out loud to anybody. So, shout out. Uh, yeah, that was, yes, uh, thank you very much, Courtney, for that. Uh, you know, you made a lot of connections. She made a lot of connections just by bringing you to that open mic, you know, because it was a packed house that night. It was a packed house. Um, and this isn't just me putting myself over. I remember it, I mean, it was my first ever poetry feature, and, uh, <laughs> the funny part about it is that um, I was doing uh, an erotic poem that night, and I had asked Courtney, um, do, do you think she might get offended by this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> nope. And it, it was it was hilarious because I was still, you know, finding my voice and learning who my audience was in different places so i just remember like folks i can't make the face because this isn't video but <laughs> if you can imagine someone just leaning back going what <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was <laughs> that, and that was, was her response yeah, yeah that, <laughs> i heard about it afterwards but and i think courtney just looked at me and smiled like Dude, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably one of the least prudish people that you'll ever come into contact with. Not much affects me or surprises me anymore. How would how would you describe yourself? Like when someone says, "Who are you? What are you?" Well, that's a really good question. I'm still trying to figure it out, but one of the things I do say is that I'm a new age hippie or okay. a neo hippie. I've always been a hippie, and my sister, Sissy, would agree 100% that <laughs> I've been a hippie my entire life. I said groovy when I was, like, 11. Um, of course, when you were 11. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've, I've always been um, a person who believed in the universe, and, you know, nature is my church, and everybody starts out good it's about society and their surroundings that changes that um so I've, I've just always had this you know this positive outlook and no matter what I hear about people I get to know them first and and build my own idea of um what they're truly like um I don't know if that explains it very well but I'm no, also a very curious person I'm a very open person um I've been told that I'm very non-judgmental. 
Um, I don't believe in the word jealousy. I don't believe in the word anger. Um, I think they're two very unnecessary, um, yet necessary emotions that we have. <laughs> now explain that, you know, some people might not be like, what? Yeah. Um, since I was, since I was young, I've, I've found that being jealous does nothing for you, um, except for to cause you discomfort because you try to find ways of, um, confirming everything you believe that is making you feel jealous. Mm. So it really just has you basically running around in circles, chasing your own tail. Um, and anger, I've just never truly been able to get angry, <laughs> as my therapist says. I've never truly <laughs> been able to get angry at anything, and I'm working on anger, which sounds very weird, but <laughs> I was told that I had to have that emotion. So I'm trying to work on it, but not much upsets me. Um, I am a firm believer in trust and honesty. And if I can't get that in whatever situation I'm in, I usually am the first one to run away, um, or walk away <laughs> or, you know, back out of the room because I, I don't, I don't have time for it. Um, I trust people the second I meet them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that often gets abused. I was thinking, like, I'm sure a lot of people will hear that and go, oh, well. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, let's, I don't think that's necessarily bad. I mean, you're giving people a first chance. You know, I don't necessarily think that's bad myself. Um, I think um, a general pessimist will look at that and consider that foolish. Uh, but if you have no desire, I don't think, if, you, if you're a person who has no desire to uh, judge people until they give you a reason to judge them, or at least give them a reason to feel some type of way, even if you don't judge them still, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, if they show you a pattern and you keep going, ignoring that pattern, that's different. Exactly. You and know. I don't think it's wrong either. Then <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why I've, I've never changed because I've had people say, well, maybe you shouldn't be so nice or maybe you shouldn't be so trusting. But the reality is it's not that I need to change. It's that the people that I address or deal with, they need to change because I should be able to trust them. Mm -hmm. And that means that there's something within them that is causing them to feel a way where they can take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I just, I just never looked at it the other way to like have an idea of somebody from meeting them and hearing things about them and just building off of that and opposed to, you know, walking up to them with a clean slate and starting with a name and then figuring out who they are from there. It's the same idea I've always had about having children and naming children. I don't believe that you should have to name your child before you leave the hospital or that you have to come up with names or, you know, do the whole baby book thing. Um, I think you should name a child once you've figured out what their personality is. Mm. Once they've been around for a minute, once you've been with them and seen them and learned their spirit. Like, you don't judge them and you don't pick things for them until it's time. Yet, uh... You may know this more than I do, uh, but a, a good number of uh, different variations of tribes uh, throughout the world uh, raise their children that way. Like, they don't name them until they, you know, have a personality and then they attach it to them in that way. Right, right. 
And I think that that's amazing. And how freeing is that? Not only for the parents, but for the ch child also. Yeah. Because they truly get to express themselves. They're not trying to fit into a name. The name is actually created by them and, and shown to their parents mm. without even speaking, which I think is really cool. That is really cool. Now, uh, we've, we've spoke about poetry. Uh, you write a lot of poetry since you were nine? Yes. Um, when I was younger, I wrote a lot. I write, I write a little less now, but when I was younger, I wrote all the time. Um, when I was in school, especially in high school, I had a five-subject notebook of poetry that I would write in. And um, it was devastating because somebody actually stole it out of my locker. Mm. And it was never returned to me. So I lost a lot of poetry from the beginning. So I didn't Ooh. write for a very long time because um, I was very sad. And then I just, you know, started writing again. And then I'd stop for a little while and then I'd start again. And after the night of, we're going back to that first night, um, I grabbed the mic. After hearing different people expressing themselves, it, it felt... It felt right. It felt like being home. So I started writing again that night. And one of the poems I wrote was Beauty, um, mm. explaining myself and, and where I came up with the name. And it just has been cathartic ever since then to be able to express yourself through words and have other people hear them and be able to relate to them. Yeah, and it also, it, you know, environments are a lot when it comes to uh, being artistic, expressing yourself, not just, you know, for yourself, but in front of other people to experience that expression from you that came from nothing but your mind and your heart, and you're being vulnerable. Uh, it's It's like the old cliche people used to say, uh, when you were nervous about something, oh, or just imagine uh, you you woke up and you forgot to go put clothes on before you went to school. I I've heard that example <laughs> from people before. You know, uh, n n I guess that was not quite my personal resonance as far as me <laughs> allowing me to be nervous because that would make me a lot more nervous. Yeah, and <laughs> I I I would be worried if I ended up outside without clothes. Yeah. So it wouldn't allow me to free myself at all. It would yeah. just make me more anxious and nervous. Well, it's, this is in Boston, too. Like, oh, it's cold as fuck. Could you imagine? Boston. It's cold here. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's quite all right. It, no, this is... <laughs> no, there's another episode with Caden. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I've, I've had to put a disclaimer up oh. for that one, so... <laughs> like, well. This this is not the sailor's boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know we're not exactly um, monks and Marys either. You oh. know. So. Okay. As long as I understand your audience, then. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone listening is going to hear a few words here or there, and you know, I mean, go complete call the FCC on me or whatever, you know, for a podcast about art, you know, it's right. like, I just, I don't see that happening. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see me being another George Carlin. It's just not, you know, now on the other hand, Cadence, if I didn't put that disclaimer up, I'm sure that would have made a lot of people unhappy <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, you know, it's like, 
and and folks this is what you know this is a big part of what uh what i do and how i do this is i'm I'm a vibe guy you know people who know me i'm a vibe guy if we can vibe we can vibe you know i'm i'm pretty much open to talking with absolutely anyone about almost absolutely anything so this is organic convo this is just vibing and talking and some people have cleaner or filthier mouths than others and that's all <laughs> wow know? that was put so well uh, it's it's off the top of my head and you know that's the thing like we none of us took notes you know well i think i think you did a little bit but little bit. but you know that was just because you know i i told you i tell everyone you know just think about your favorite artist or your art uh and while we're on that topic you know um you know, this is art without ego. Let's talk about some art here. What is, if you had to say, your favorite art or artist? Well, it is interesting because you did pose that question to me and I sat with it and thought, you know, maybe I'll just do it off the top of my head. But then I realized in speaking about the word art mm-hmm. or artist, for me, that means so many different things. Mm. So I kind of broke them down into categories and listed names of people that um, resonate with me when I think about the particular word. Like, for instance, art. Um, My favorite artists um, are Frida Kahlo Mm -hmm. and Basquiat. Frida Kahlo and Basquiat? Yep. Okay. Um, I, I hate to say I'm not familiar with those names please educate me and my audience oh my goodness homework um Frida (laughs) Kahlo is a Mexican artist um she started as a young woman um painting what was around her Mm -hmm. and she had a very distinct way of telling stories um you can look at a piece of her art and see exactly what she's trying to tell you Mm. um it can be a little morose it can be a little sad um, simply because she had a very tough life. Um, when she was a teenager, she was in a bus accident mm. um, and had a very large piece of steel go through her pelvic area Wow! and come out of, I think it was like her hip. Um, but because of that, she had pain for her entire life. So she was constantly in pain. Um, it also stopped her from ha- having the ability to, to start a family. Mm. Um, but she's got a very rich and wonderful history. Um she married Diego Rivera, who some people might know his, his work. He was a very big and brooding man, but he was an amazing artist. He was mo- known more for murals. Mm, okay. And um, he was very political, which Frida also became political throughout her, her life. Um, but she's, she's just magic. There's okay. lots of books about her. There's a movie, actually, nice. that... Um, oh, my gosh, I can't think of her name right now. Um... But she's a Mexican actress. I yeah. can't think of her name. Um, she uh, recreated, she did the biography, um, Frida Kahlo, and it's an amazing, amazing movie. If you get a chance to see it, it's called Frida. Okay. Basquiat was so ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a young black artist from New York who, um, he was like a graffiti artist. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot of um, words in his paintings, and mm. he was another one that when he when he drew something, 
you may not truly understand it when you're looking at it, but it's something that you can sit with for like a couple of days and then you get it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, he worked with Andy Warhol on a couple of things. Oh, wow. So he ran with a very eclectic group of people. Um, he unfortunately died at a young age. Um, but you can see his work. It's online. And um, as a matter of fact, it is coming to Boston. He's going to be at the Museum of Fine Arts. Really? When? Yes, at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2021. Okay. So everybody should look out for that. His art is just, it's amazing. Nice. Very, like I said, it was very ahead of his time. Um, it could be sad. I think it was it was a little sad. Um, but it really makes you think. His art makes you think. Mm-hmm. So that was my, those are my favorite artists, as in drawing artists. Okay. Then I thought of poetry. Mm-hmm. Because... That's what I do. There we go. And we um, speak about it quite often. And for art, it was hard for me to do poets because I had to think on a local um, level. And then I also thought on a grander scheme, like my favorite poet out of the world. Like, who would I pick? So for the local people, I picked Janae Johnson, Mm. who you know is like... Oh my yes, God. if you don't know who Janae Johnson is, you should. Um, She's amazing. Yes, like uh, I've been brought to plenty of tears be- because of her, and there were happy ones because of just how beautiful she performed. And that's yes. the thing, it's a performance. It's not just you're going to listen to poetry, but she uses her body and, and her spirit. She's just, all yeah, I can say is... It's an experience. Get a chance to... Um, get to know her. She's in California, I think now. Still, and she, I thought yeah. she came back. Did she? I don't know. That I, I did not know. I've been out of the loop as far as local artists. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I that, know. I know she's on Instagram. Okay. I think yeah. it's Instagram. She might even be on Facebook, but um, she was based out of California for a while, and she was doing lots of work with these groups out there, um, poetry groups. Yeah, that makes sense perfectly. But um, if she's back. I will find out. Yeah, or, <laughs> I haven't or, looked into it. If she if she didn't come back to move, I'm sure. I think she, she came. came to visit. Yeah, I think she, I think she was back for a little bit, but I'm not sure if she moved or not. But yeah, like she's yeah she's had a strong presence uh, here in Boston. She's amazing, and my second favorite. Well, it's not even first and second. They're basically on the same exact level. Mm. Um, as you know, when I first came into the poetry scene, the two people that I would rave about were Janae Johnson and Niael Israel. Uh, when a black man walks <laughs> is my favorite poem ever written by two hands I, I mean she is just she's pure magic when she speaks um, she's another one who is a performer she doesn't just get up there and speak words but she uses her body her spirit her everything everything and she's just amazing so if you get a chance to find out about her too it's Niael Israel and yes. then my big one, you know, out of the world would be Maya Angelou, mm. which sounds a little, you know, I don't know, appropriate or, you know, pre-planned. But it's because she's so well known. But yeah. She's done so much more than just poetry. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have not read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, yeah. um, read it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her biography. She actually stopped speaking because she believed the power of her voice caused someone's death. Mm. And that's all I can tell you. If you haven't read it, you should read it just for that reason. But she literally, as a young girl, I think she was like 11 or 12. She might have been a little older. She just stopped talking. 
because mm. she had told somebody something um, and that person ended up dead. And she thought that it was the power of a voice that did it. So she didn't speak for like years. And, and we're not talking just like a couple of weeks. We're talking years. She decided not to speak. Um, and I'm sure everybody has heard Phenomenal Woman. Oh, man. Um, That's... And the inauguration <laughs> poem for President Obama. I mean, she's just done so much and touched so many lives. She's totally an inspiration for Oprah. I know they were besties for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of poets out there that I could have chosen, but I think, I think, she, I I identify with her the most. Yeah. In the respect that she speaks her truth, she doesn't really care what anybody thinks, because she tells you everything about herself. Um, mm -hmm. She leaves nothing out. Uh, she did some things that were very questionable, and she did some things that were amazing, but it's all out there for you to see. And with that, she still was a humble and patient and beautiful human being who we unfortunately lost a few years back. But So that's Maya Angelou. Yeah. So those are my poets. Okay. <laughs> then we, I went on to music because music is an art, absolutely. Yes. And at one point in my life, I loved everybody that was on the Kadar label. Kadar is actually the person who took over Motown at one point. I don't know if he's still in charge of Motown, but... Everybody that was on his label just had this groove about them, and um, D'Angelo being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, Erica Badu, I think, was on his label, too. But I was a neo-hippie, so being into um, that kind of energy, Jill Scott, D'Angelo, um, Queen Latifah, who's my hip-hop queen, mm -hmm. and then Luther Vandross. Okay. Luther Vandross... Um, for the longest time, I was convinced I was going to marry him so he could sing me to sleep every night. Um, <laughs> to which everybody told me, I don't think that he likes anything you have because he is gay. I didn't want to believe that. <laughs> and, and even if I did, I decided he could be gay, but he had to sing me to sleep every night anyways. So, and you know what? He would have. He would have. He was very kind. Um, but yeah, he was a great loss. As a matter of fact, my family checked on me the day that he died because they knew how much I loved him and mm. how earth-shattering it was to find out that he had passed. Um, so then the final category, because I didn't want to take up all the time on your podcast. <laughs> hey, that's why we're here. <laughs> My last code category was actors and actresses. Okay. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. I, mean, I mean, what can't be said about him? Um, yeah pure magic, did things that most most people couldn't even think of attaining, but he did it all with colon cancer, too. Like, it's just amazing to think the things that he did yeah. while he was so sick. Yeah. Um, but he still shared that with the world. That's pretty amazing. And Black Panther, I mean, revolutionized well, everything. Well, did you see the... Um... Did you see the uh, interview he gave where he talked about uh, being inspired by the kids? Yes, I did see that interview. Yeah. Um, if you didn't see that, another thing to look up. Yes, like um, he, he talks about how he, um, you know, he was really feeling down and I think he was in some pain at the time, like mm -hmm. a lot of pain. And because there was, um, I forget exactly what he said, but I know he said there was at least one or more um, little kids 
who knew Black Panther was coming out, and they were already excited, and it hadn't even came out yet. Right. So their expectations were already high because they knew that he was going to be great. It's like no pressure. And yeah, <laughs> and he and that's when he was just like, "Wow, uh, yeah, I need to I need to get on this because like they are already expecting something, not just good but phenomenal." And I think he mentioned within that story that he imagined all these children opening Black Panther for, on Christmas morning. Yeah, how exciting that was going to be to think that these kids could. That. He he did say that, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah. think that was a part of it. Okay, so I, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I could. Yeah, it's off. been a minute, but I it's kind of hard for me to look at any of his movies right now. I still haven't. Mm. It still seems surreal that he's actually gone because I mean, what he was only forty three years old. I mean, yeah. he's so young. Yeah. But he accomplished so much in yeah. the little bit of time that we had him here. So, that's pretty much a given. And then you have Sterling K. Brown. If anybody has watched This Is Us, oh my gosh, you know Sterling. And if you've seen Black Panther, you also know Sterling because he was the gentleman that um, was in the very beginning of the movie. He owned the office um, where Black Panther's father went to find out why he was giving out um, their precious um, resources. Mm. Um, to people that shouldn't have had it. Okay. So he's in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, but This Is Us is... I mean, there are no words. It's one of my favorite shows on television. Um, now, trying to catch up with it, actually, because I missed a couple of seasons. But Now, I haven't, seen, I haven't really seen This Is Us. What's that, what's that series oh, about? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so This Mind Is you, Us. Keep, keep, keep in mind, <laughs> folks... Um, I'm a person who, uh, very minimal. I'm very much a minimalist on how I live my life. Generally speaking, you know, I might have peaks here or there, but I haven't had consistent cable since 2009. So if that gives you an idea of my, uh, I guess you could say, I don't know what. Well, no, I'm. Just, I'm trying to think of a better word <laughs> in my mind, but okayness is not a word. Okay. But it is not. You know. You into reality, it yeah, is you know, it's like so. My okayness <laughs> with lack of cable. I mean, I have internet, but that's all I really need because I can get everything I need or want from the internet. You know, it's only like I can count on one hand how many regular shows I would watch on cable if I actually had it. Well, so I totally I, get that because I didn't watch TV for two years in Hawaii. Yeah. I actually made it a, I put a tablecloth over it and made it a, a stand for my statuettes. <laughs> okay. So, I'm not a big television person. There's a very few shows that I watch. Okay. Um, actually, and This Is Us is definitely one of them. Okay. Another no. one is um, Lucifer, who I'm very upset. I just watched all five seasons and it got to the end of the fifth season and there's no sixth season yet. And I refuse to look it up on the internet to see if there's going to be a sixth season because I firmly believe that there has to be. It's not really an option, so I'm just waiting to find out when it's going to be released. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of shows that I really like. I'm diehard about, and one of them is This Is Us. And Sterling K. Brown is just absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the triplets from the show that the show is basically based on. Yeah, what's it? What's it generally based about? Um, it is a family. It is a story about a, a woman and a man who meet each other. She's a singer. He is just 
uh, Joe Schmo, regular old guy who was in the Vietnam War, but he is so special. He's just so special. There's, there's no way to truly describe him. But they get together, they start a family, and she ends up pregnant with triplets. Mm. But um, during the birth, she loses one of her children, one of the mm. boys. It was, two, it was supposed to be two boys and a girl, and she lost one of the boys. And ironically, at the same time, there was a black family across town. The woman had a baby, but then she passed away. Um, and the father wasn't sure that he'd be able to care for him as well because they had gotten on drugs and he just wasn't sure that he could raise a child on his own. So he took the baby to the fire department, the closest fire department that he could. And um, it ended up that the firemen there, uh, long story short, ended up bringing the baby to the hospital. And the same day that she lost her child, this child was also born. So the doctor there um, talked to the husband about possibly replacing their lost child with this little boy. So Whoa. there's a set of twins, and then he is like the third one. And the irony in that is that they were all born on the same day, but so was the dad. Mm. So they were born on the dad's birthday. So there's a really tight connection between wow. uh, the four of them. But I can see your attraction to it. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's so... It's so it's so deep and interesting and they each have their own little story that contributes to this massive story about love and hope and possibilities and loss. And I think you can go through every single emotion on every single episode. Mm. <laughs> like, um, you know, sometimes it's happy news. Sometimes it's sad news, but you, it, you will go through every single emotion during each episode. Okay. Which can, again, I'll use the word again, cathartic, because um, especially if you're going through a hard time, um, they go through hard times too, but they make it better. Mm. So okay. um, really good story. So basically, um, I won't tell you what happens um, anymore because you should watch it on your own um, and I don't want to destroy anything. But what I can say is it continues to um, flip back and forth from the past to the present. Mm -hmm. Um depending on what the situation is for that particular show. So okay. it's a lot to keep track of because, you know, you are flipping back and forth. And it's just, it's really, it's just amazing. It's now, a really, really good show. From what you've well just, written. yeah, from what you've just shared, how many episodes did you just give away? Um, actually, only a few. I okay. think I did rather well. <laughs> I was thinking... It's just basically the beginning of the story, but that's just to give you the groundwork. I didn't, yeah. It's just to get you interested. Okay. Because um, no, I didn't think to say spoilers beforehand, but <laughs> I was like, so if it's only a few, okay. That's no, cool. it's really it's really not a spoiler. Okay, um, cool. I mean, they basically give you all of that within the first season. So you are, you. I mean, it's a given. Nice. Um, and it's not anything that's hidden because I didn't give you any of the details about ah, how these things happen. But check okay. it out. It's a really good show. One of my friends thinks that it's a tearjerker. That all you do is cry. And yes, that that could be said about it. But, you know, it depends on what kind of tears they are. Sometimes they're happy tears because mm -hmm. something absolutely astounding happens. Or yes. it could be sad times because there's loss or something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And then you can cry because you're angry. I remember being angry and crying. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I don't get angry. <laughs> so the only way I know how to express it is through tears. So, mm -hmm. um yeah, so it's it's 
it's amazing. It's an amazing show. So everybody should check it out. And Sterling K. Brown, it, it, oh, delicious. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's a shout out to him, even though he's married with kids. I forgive you. Um, so <laughs> another person that falls under <laughs> actors is Cicely Tyson. Yes, yes. And there is not enough words in the vocabulary to explain what Cicely Tyson has done for acting, especially for African-Americans, for women, for historical value. I mean, she's just, she's just amazing. And right now she does a lot of um, Tyler Perry movies, mm. um, but she has aged gracefully. She's a beautiful woman. She was in Poetic Justice, was she not? So. She was one of the older ladies at the barbecue. Yes. And I think Maya Angela was Maya with her Angela as well. Was with her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. They were, they were the aunties. Yes. The aunties. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but Cicely Tyson is awesome. I think there was slut shaming in that scene too. There was a there? lot of shaming in that scene. <laughs> like there was a lot of shaming. So much shade. But it was kind of cool because it's the difference in generations. Right. You know, you know? and it's, it's played out and it was with Janet Jackson and Tupac. Right. Like that's. That's beautiful, just in that cast alone, mm -hmm. you know. So, was that, wait a minute, was that Poetic Justice, or was that Tyler Perry's movie? No, that was Poetic that Justice. That was Poetic Justice. I mean, they've probably done Tyler similar... Perry, I think, did this, a similar thing. Well, yeah, I mean, the, <clears throat> excuse me. given the nature of, uh, you know, the kind of roles that um, a person of that stature, of that, uh, I guess number of years not just alive but in the business mm -hmm. and awareness and just being able to carry things on screen and what's believable it's not hard to think that cicely tyson or in that in probably justice case Maya angelo as well mm -hmm. that they would uh have the type of ideas in their minds about things the way that they did you know it's like no right or wrong answers here or there. It's just that's their characters and that's what they were playing. And you believe them because they fit the part. And the thing that's amazing about that is, as I said about um, Maya Angelou earlier, she lived her life. And yeah. to hear her shaming these young women that's, yeah. is <laughs> kind of interesting because her rich background, she was a prostitute at one point. And, you know, she did a lot of questionable things. So to see her play this, portray this character that's, you know... Shaming these young women for what they're wearing is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. um, so that's Cicely Tyson. And the final one is Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union. Wow. <sighs> Not only is she absolutely striking, but she's a really good actress. And um, if anybody has watched There's Something About Mary, oh my gosh, what a great show. It ended, but... Wait, show? Yeah. She had a show on... I want to say it's HBO, but it might have been Showtime. I'm not sure. Oh, it was BET. It's called There's Something About Mary? I thought, that, isn't that a movie? Oh, maybe I'm getting the wrong name. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, no, because Mary, something about Mary, it's that's Mary the... Mary Jane. Her name is Mary Jane on the show. Oh, I mean, it may be... It so may... I may be giving you the wrong information, people, but that's because my uh, memory is... It lasts, I, lasts like a goldfish. So I get about 30 seconds of memory. Um, well, we have that in common. You know, but that's I okay. Think it, it could, it, you I'll very well, yeah, you very well could be right. But I know which movie you're talking about. There's something about Mary. With, yeah, with um, Ben Stiller ben and Stiller, yeah. Keith David. Jeez, right. and Cameron Diaz. That was Cameron Diaz's <laughs> second movie. No, first, second. No, the, I think the first is The Mask. 
I think the first was the mask, and then the second may have been my best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. And then I think that the third Mm. was probably something about Mary. But anyways, um, Gabrielle Union plays this character named Mary, who is a um, host of a talk show. And um, it's just brilliantly written. It's about all of her escapades. She's a very forward-thinking, very... Um, stern in her belief system, um, mm-hmm. quite judgmental, <laughs> but um, beautiful and strong and sexy. And, you know, she has these escapades that, you know, she gets to tell stories. And some of them are really quirky. Mm-hmm. Like some of them you're just like, what did she just do? So it's, it's fun because it takes you on a roller coaster. And it makes you question what your belief structure is too. Because yeah. some of the things she does is kind of questionable. Um, <laughs> But yeah, she's and oh my gosh. Although I had to forgive her for her marriage to a certain basketball player that was already married, she has done so phenomenally well with his children. It's it's beautiful to watch. Um, she is in total support of her son who happens to be LGBTIQ. And she is one of the proudest moms. She goes to, you know, pride parades with him and mm-hmm. um, encourages him to be who he is. I mean, both of them do, um, but she's she's like right there with him. So she, I just think she's amazing. Um, another woman who you know will not be questioned on her beliefs mm-hmm. and does what she feels is right for herself. So bravo to her. I have to say my. Uh... My my two biggest, um, I guess you could say, movies that I seen Gabrielle Union in a lot of was uh, Bad Boys Two, mm-hmm. and Deliver Us from Eva. Oh my gosh, that movie was everything, <laughs> everything with LL Cool J. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that just her her whole persona of, you know, the. the what was it? Was she was it? a meat inspector. Yeah, meat inspector. Or restaurant inspector. Basically. Restaurant inspector for food. Yep. Uh, just militant with it, but <laughs> you know she she knew her stuff and right and just the way she I don't know just yeah everything about that movie the chemistry with the whole cast and everything and how everything played out with Cool J and then she remember she told the one corny joke yes and yes. she. And Cool yes. J was like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she's not good at telling jokes. And she but sings she, off key. <laughs> but she was, she thought it was so hilarious. But that, I think that's, see, that's, those are the types of things, like, see what we're talking about right now? That is what I appreciate about characters in stories, is that there's a, you know, it's like Crush Rock said a long time ago. You don't, when you first meet someone, you're not meeting them. You're meeting their representative. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Okay, that was that was her shield as a character mm-hmm. throughout that first whole portion of the movie. Absolutely. As soon as her and LL became vulnerable, and I mean, of course, her more than him because this was predetermined for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, she became so vulnerable that she allowed him to see a side of her that no one else had seen. Or at least no one that she didn't want to see. And that, I think, well, I don't think, it added depth to her character. So then later on, 
when something negative happens to her, you feel a little bit more sympathy because you've seen her human side. You've seen her more than just being a one-sided part of a person. Because in the beginning, you are amazed at how <laughs> impossible she is. She's just ruthless. Then you, but then you learn why. You know, yeah. you learn why. And and the story is very true to life for many people. Yes. You know, the, the ability to put up walls to protect ourselves mm-hmm. from judgment, from misunderstanding, from, you know, those that want to hurt us. Even those that want to care for us. You know, we get to a point where you know, even the nicest person that you could possibly meet can still break your heart. Yeah. And she represents all of that in one person. I think she did really well at showing both sides, like you said. You know, she showed um, her vulnerability really well. Mm-hmm. But she also was very stoic and very set in her ways. And she had to dance that thin line to let LL Cool J in. Yeah. You because... Know? She was afraid, mm-hmm. and she didn't know how to deal with it. She only knew how to do her job and take care of her sisters. And yeah, I think she's an amazing actress. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yep, those are my artists, and I and I I really did have to sit down and think about it because I was like, well, I could pick, you know, an artist, but art is about so many different things, and especially for different people. Right. So I couldn't just pick. Uh, a section of art and be content with that. So okay. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share all of that. Cause no, absolutely. It took a lot of thought to put that together, and I'm sure I'm missing some things. But hey, you know, we'll think of it later, yeah. and then we'll be like, hey, you know what I didn't think of? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep, which is pretty common. <laughs> oh man, now now tell me this much. Um, uh let's see see folks uh thank you for still listening if you are you, these long pauses i have it's because you know if you've ever wondered that like why isn't he talking why has he got these pauses because i've done this in a few episodes already uh i literally have this podcast set up to where it's just organic convo and I purposely don't put notes down. I purposely don't write things down because if you're just vibing with someone, you're not thinking, okay, I need to say this. I want to say this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's my approach to every single one of these interviews is to, or not interviews, it's a conversation, you know, because I'm not interviewing you. We're talking, you know, this is what two or more people do when they just want to talk, you know, we're vibing, we're having a conversation and if you think of it, you think of it. If you don't, you don't. If you have access to Google, you do. <laughs> if you don't, you don't. <laughs> so Basically. that's you know that's 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 where these pauses come from. Um, we've talked about uh, you know we we've kind of touched a little bit on the spiritual part aspect, the spiritual aspect of you earlier. Um, you want to go a little deeper into that, like. How did you, when did you realize you were a spiritual being yourself? Wow. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to make it a really short story, hopefully. But uh, (laughs) it started when I was very young. Um, I have Uh a few friends that will, if they're listening, will actually remember some of these things. Because when I was younger, I, um, 
I've always had this, I guess they call it sixth sense, um, where I have and do see people who have crossed over. I also have an ability to be able to do readings for people and, and be accurate with the information that I give them. One of the things that I did when I was very young, my grandmother had passed away, who I was very, very close to. Um, she was actually my great-grandmother. And when she passed away, I got some of the items from her house. And one of them was a Ouija board. And for those of you who know what a Ouija board is, or don't know what they are, they're basically, um, they started out as a toy where you would um, be able to tell the future by, um, they had like a, a paddle kind of thing where you would put your fingers on it and you have a group of people and it would go to different letters and different words. I had one particular friend that the board did not like and would like poke her hand every time she got on there. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we all believed in it because nobody would intentionally poke our friend in the hand with the uh, pointer thing. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, friends we used to come over and we'd play with the Ouija board. And at the time I didn't think anything of it other than, you know, it was just a really cool board. But we got to know the different spirits that were on the board, and I'm not going to get all into that because that, it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's pretty much where my journey started. Um, I started getting messages in my dreams um, that were accurate. I started seeing people that had crossed over that was accurate. I started getting messages that I don't know how I knew the things that I did, and I would confirm with my mother um, things that were actually true that I had, I, there would have been no way for me to know those things. Um, and through that, I ran away from all of that information for the longest time because my mother actually had a really bad idea of what psychics did. Um, and she called it all mumbo jumbo and she just did not like the idea. So I ran from all of this stuff and I didn't even tell anybody in my family that these things were happening because I didn't want them to judge me. And also, you know, you sound a little crazy when you say that you just saw your grandmother at the top of the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's been gone since you were three. So uh -huh. um, a lot of the things I did not mention to people until I was in my 30s, I think is actually when I first told my aunt about what was happening with me. And then um, fast forward to a few years. Actually, was it before or after that, I went to a class learning about... Um, the tarot just as a fun class to learn about tarot with one of my cousins and um, about meditation and how to open up and how to read different signs and it was a two-day class and mm. within that time I had gotten a very strong message a physical actual representation of what I was supposed to do from the universe um, I took it back to the class and the teacher said that she had never seen a response like what I got from anybody Ever in the classes that she's taught um, to have a physical representation that this is exactly what I'm supposed to do mm. um, she said that if I walked away from it I'd be making the biggest mistake of my life now the problem with that is that was happening but I was also a paralegal <laughs> mm. so talk about trying to balance you know this metaphysical world with a, a world that is based on you know actual facts was very yeah. difficult in the beginning um, I can imagine. Oh, my gosh. I was confused. I really thought I was losing my mind at one point um, because, you know, it's stuff that had been happening all along, but once I really opened the door 
and started meditating and paying attention to everything that had happened in my life, I couldn't deny it. There was nothing I could do to deny it. It was just a matter of getting others to see it. And the universe made a path for that. And um, when I opened my very first shop, I opened it in Cambridge. And it turns out that my great, great, great grandmother started a shop a couple of days, a couple of doors down from where I was on the same exact road. So wow. I get confirmations like that a lot um, and have throughout my life of whether or not I'm on the right path. I've sat down in meditation numerous times saying, okay, <laughs> I think I might be losing it and I just want to check with you. Can you just give me a sign for this? Give me a sign for that. Um, the other experiences is the parking ferry. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a parking ferry and I can usually get a pretty good parking space if I'm looking for one. A parking if I, ferry. If I put a... If I put a um, uh, reservation in <laughs> I can usually get a parking space but anyways um stuff like that has happened throughout my life and I decided one year that you know I was just gonna figure it all out see what I could do so I did I, I started my company Champagne Universe and at the time I was just doing readings and then I went and started taking classes on Reiki which is energy healing work and I became a Reiki master teacher and I actually got accolades from the Reiki community. Um, I have statuettes for that. Um, so that business started taking off. And then I started making candles and aromatherapy products. And I would Reiki those also. Mm. And they flew off the shelves. And then I started doing aromatherapy products. So I have a whole line of sprays and um, lotions and... Um, all sorts of cleaning products and all of that that I would make um, mm. and sell. So that went over really well. I named a lot of the things after my family. Mm. Um, so like I have a antidepressant spray that's called When Katie Smiles. Uh. Um, Katie being my cousin in um, Illinois. But it's an antidepressant spray that mm. you can spray. And if you're feeling low, it can help you to um, feel a little bit better. She does have a very lovely smile. She really does. She's she's amazing. She's going through a lot right now. So mm -hmm. shout out to my cousin Katie. Yes. How you doing, Katie? Um, we love you. So yeah. So the business did well here, but it was at the beginning of the turning of the tide. Um, Boston wasn't really on the new age um, trail yet. So yeah. it was chugging along, but it wasn't doing as well as I had hoped. And then I moved to Hawaii, and it exploded. Mm. I had customers all over Honolulu. I had customers on different islands. I had customers on the mainland. Um, Chicago, Texas, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, all over the state. Um, people would call me and do phone readings. And I would also visit people and do Reiki. And some, you know, most people would come to my place of business, which was in Honolulu. It was actually in what would be considered Chinatown. I was just outside of Chinatown, and uh, I loved my office because um, it was the first time in my life that I had a place where I could have as many animals as I wanted. Oh, man. <laughs> that was heaven, anybody, I know, for you. <laughs> anybody who knows me, um, and if you've been on my Facebook or Instagram page, you know that I'm the one that says, I want one after every um, posting of an animal. Uh, everywhere from otters to elephants to, um, oh, I, at one point I wanted uh, all furless animals. So I was going to have a mole rat, 
a sphinx cat and a oh, what is the dog called can't think of it right now but anyways i go through these phases where i really want animals around me and in hawaii i was able to have dogs and cats i had a frog um i had a mouse named ben i had some geckos i had a bird named kia and they would all just walk around in my house they didn't try to eat each other it was pretty amazing oh, mm -hmm. i had cats too um, so I was called Dr. Doolittle for a little while. Of course I you was were. There. So people would often, <laughs> you know, my customers would come by, but often I'd have people that just knew me that would come by and just come and sit because they said the energy in my place was really nice. So, um, yeah, so my business was booming. I was thriving. I was doing really well. Um, at the same time, I wasn't doing so well because, um, I had ended a 12 year relationship while I was there and, um, although my business was booming, my finances weren't doing as wonderful as I'd hoped they did because at that point in my life, I loved my career so much that I gave away a lot of things. Um, mm. so I went into a bit of hard times, but it was worth every single moment. Cause when I was in Hawaii, I found myself and, uh, and it was on my own terms. It wasn't what anybody else had thought of me or anybody else had decided that I was going to do with my life. It was totally based on what I wanted. Um, so that was going really well. And then in 2011, my favorite aunt, her name was Karen, um, she ended up having a lung transplant. Um, so I moved to Illinois to help her. Mm. And I was there for two years, during which time I went through the surgery with her. I was taking care of her medications. She was on about 25, 26 different medications every day. Wow. Including shots and inhalers. And I had to take it to doc different doctor appointments every day. And I tried to have my career there, and that didn't work because I couldn't split the time. There was mm. just too much going on with my aunt. And I tried to have a job, a physical job, at Lane Bryant. Shout out to Lane Bryant. That was the best job I've ever had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a place that I shopped anyways, so it was great. I got to see things when they first came in. Nice. Um, anyways, so I uh, that didn't work out very long, though, because of her um, schedule of doctor's appointments. I couldn't work and try to get her to appointments. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I stayed there for two years. It was supposed to be a three-week visit uh, during which I was going to learn what I needed to do to take care of her if in case she had the surgery. And when I left Hawaii, she was like 42nd on the list of lung transplants. When I landed in Hawaii, I mean, in Illinois, 10 hours later, she was number two. Wow. Yeah. So the universe um, knew how to get me there. Because <laughs> actually I'd moved out of my apartment. I put everything into storage and just went because I figured I'll be gone for three or four weeks Within that time, I can be looking for an apartment and just plan on, you know, moving back home and having a new place. And it turned into two years. Mm. Um, during which time, I also had a sick sister and a sick mother back here in Massachusetts. So I ended up traveling by plane back and forth from Boston to Illinois, taking care of family that way, too. And, uh, yeah, but all of it was based on my ability to trust the universe and trust the messages that I got um, that led me to do those things. Um, and I find that in my life, if as long as I pay attention to the messages that I get, 
and try to follow what I'm told, then I run into no problems, very little problems. Mm -hmm. um, it's when I forget about caring for self or trying to ignore the messages mm -hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't feel very convenient for me at that particular time. Right. <laughs> um, I run into some issues, but um, my aunt has since passed. My mother has also since passed. My sister is still here, and she is one of the strongest women I have ever known. And she is not blood-related. She is, you know, we all have friends that we make family. And she has been my friend and family since I was 11, mm. 10 or 11 years old. She lived with me. And um, shout-out to Cheryl DeBarros, who is my big sister, my good friend, um, she has saved me more than she could possibly ever know. And um, she is the only one out of that time that's still here. Um, and she's still hanging in there. She's had some battles that she has fought and won. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have her in my family. Yeah, she's she's a very, she's a very dear spirit herself. Uh, she, when... Uh, uh, Courtney had introduced me to her at one point a long time ago and because uh, it was at you know we were all still at Duncan still and she had came to pick her up I think and I think she because she found out that I was Italian she mm -hmm. she started calling me Soprano <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic because that's one of your favorite shows you have the box set I do it's a, it was a it was a, a Christmas present from my mom back when right. I was still living in rural Georgia at the time work. <laughs> yeah that was funny like i was i'm gonna tell you like for those of you who like for those of you who have known your identity since you were a baby be thankful <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have to be the awkward goof that i was at one point when oh, believe me you were not the only one <laughs> no i know i just i like a Picture this, right? Uh, rural Georgia. I find out my, you know, I, I've, I find out that I was Sicilian, uh, even though I was adopted the day I was born. It was for, you know, the circumstances were for the better for me, and I love the family that raised me, and I learned tons and tons and tons of valuable lessons uh, from that family, and I love them and thank them for it still to this day. Uh, but when I found out that I was Sicilian, Italian, uh, you know, you've got this early 20s coming of age guy who just found out he was Italian, didn't know what he was, thought he was Italian for a long time, but didn't know for sure. Now that I was confirmed by blood, now it's compensation time. You know, it's like when you're at the party and everyone's drinking and everyone's passed out and you feel like you have to play catch up. <laughs> yeah, that was me trying to be extra Italian <laughs> in rural Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. where there's no Italians at. Yeah, that worked out really well, I'm sure. Maybe in Rome. <laughs> Maybe in Rome, Georgia. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I worked at... I, I I worked at um at a at a hotel in Rome, Georgia, and that was fascinating because and you know what's funny I just happened to think of this um 
the enforcer Double A Art Anderson, one of the original Four Horsemen uh, in the old WCW NWA days, is actually from Rome, Georgia. Shut up. Yeah. That's kind of like John Cena being from Massachusetts. It is. And, and you know what's funny? When he first came out, the rhyming and him being Italian, mm-hmm. that's all I needed. <laughs> that, that That's all I needed. Yeah. Now, when he stopped rhyming, I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, when I found out that he wasn't really from Boston, he was from <laughs> West Newberry. Yeah, which is... Yeah. That's when I was like it's the outskirts of Boston. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, it's it's <laughs> like it's like I'm I'm from I'm from Romulus and <laughs> it's Detroit area, but it's not really Detroit, you know? Exactly. It's like Exactly. Well, that's like Malden. A lot of people, you know, when they're describing Malden, they say they're from Boston too. Yeah. So, big up to yeah. Boston. <laughs> No, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just uh, having fun doing the shout-outs. <laughs> it is fun, it is fun, because, well, it's like we know so many people. Oh, my goodness. True like, words have never been spoken. And we've said art, I've said art a million times, not just in this show, mm-hmm. but in every other episode, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't feel right at this point if I didn't say Art Collins. Oh, my gosh, Yes. You, you Shout are, out to Art Collins. Yes, you are loved, brother. Thank you. Oh my you. gosh, magnificent. Uh, always, always been a good vibe with him. I've never had a bad vibe with that guy. Um, so talented. If you have not seen him perform live, yes. you are missing a big chunk of your life. You, If you can find him anywhere doing an open mic, do it. Now, just, just I'm going to give everyone a sneak peek. <laughs> Of my introduction to Art Collins. Okay, this is this is this is the first words I heard come out of this man's mouth at an open mic. <laughs> um, now see, now I'm trying to remember the words, and now I'm going for a blank. This is what's happening. Uh, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but this is how it sounded. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> no, because the more I think about it, I'm going to ruin it. But basically, you know, he's talking in a sound like this. <laughs> and it's his it's his poem that he did. Uh, um, yeah. nat- what, is it Naturalistic Linguistics? Yeah, I think is that the name it. of it? I think that's it. Yeah. Um, geez. It's if you have to hear this. I mean, if you, you have haven't heard it, live, it, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm, Just I'm find him in Boston. You could find it on YouTube, I'm sure. But if you can find a live version oh, of it, Lizard Lounge is a great place to find him. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to Lizard Lounge too because um, it's the second long, or is the second or first longest running what? open mic in Boston. Well, I'm I'm I not sure. I can't remember if he's first or second, but I know he's well, one of them. Well, it it depends on where you're at because I know that that's in Boston. I mean, that's in Cambridge. Right, right. Um, I know Cantab Lounge. Uh, I I think I heard that they closed on uh, a oh, set. That's yeah, un- unfortunately, recently. Um, I I I don't know for certain. I'd have to go back and look, but I think I saw that they uh, closed down. I mean, a lot of, a lot of places have been closing yeah. down since the COVID and everything. This um, pandemic has got to end. But yeah, Cantab and Lizard Lounge were, you know, before Grab the Mic, 
those were a lot of the mainstays that I would go to just to, you know, experience poetry and stuff like that. Uh, Lizard Lounge actually gave me uh, a feature. I think it was, yeah, it was 2014. It was, was either January 2nd or January 3rd, I believe. And yeah, because it was, you know, there's, there's so many, so many venues that are uh, so wonderful. And, then, and there's more, there's more venues out there. I mean, before I go any further, real quick, uh, Jeff Robinson. Oh my gosh. And the Jeff Robinson Trio. Coolest uh, dude to ever run a show. <laughs> he is just so laid back and just an amazing, amazing character. And yeah. I call him a character because he is simply that. He's yeah. just intelligent and snarky and so chill. You don't know if he's awake or asleep sometimes. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's just so laid back and you talk so mellow. And But he's done a lot for the community. He brings out a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've we both been part of the Blue Rose Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pat Rossi and Tony Rose personally thanked him for... Yeah allowing them that platform that they gave, you know. And and of course, you know, there's I know some people listening to this might say, you know, well what about the controversy? I've been in a lot of open mics in Boston in the past decade. There's been a lot of controversies in a lot of different places. Um I don't disregard or dismiss any of them. I acknowledge any and all without bringing uh, extensive negative vibes to this show. But at the same time, this is a show that's focusing on the positive aspects more than the negative. Because, um, I don't know about you guys, but negative Nancys are not fun to be around. So, we're not being negative Nancys. Or Downer Debbies. Yeah, either way. Either way. Or is it Debbie Downers? I think it's Debbie Downers. E- either way. Either way. You know. Um, we, we like being more up. You know, we like being happy. And Jeff you know. Robinson is in charge of the Lizard Lounge which is an amazing venue on Mass Ave in Cambridge. Yes. Shout out to Lizard Lounge. Yeah, and if you can, get a Jeff Robinson iced tea. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Sunday nights. I think they start around 7? 7, I believe 7. 7 or 7.30. I can't remember. Yeah, they open the doors at 7.30. Uh, I don't think they start until maybe eight or eight thirty. Yeah, they start pretty much when it's time. Now, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna slot on the slam, uh, be in line by six thirty. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also, if you are just doing open mic readings, plan on being there pretty late, um, because once the slam is over, then they do the open mic, um, which is a little different from some places. Usually, when you go to open mic, it's you know, they start and. Well, I know Cantab. What Cantab was, uh, the order was, um, open mic. Uh, well, announcements, open mic, feature, and then s- slam, depending on the night. Right. Um, Lizard Lounge was, uh, you know, of course, announcements. Um, slam. Slam, then the feature, right. and then the open mic. Right. But the trick with Lizard Lounge is that. During the feature, of course, if the feature allows it, which most people did, um, including myself, it was so amazing. Like, there's a trio, a, a jazz, Jeff Robinson, trio. Jeff Robinson uh, trio, that would play behind you. 
and you could cooperate and coordinate with them however you wish, you know, just just like a band, you know. Um, oh, uh, I'm I'm drawing blanks now. I know. I think one of their names is is it Blake? And because uh, there's there's Cause a drummer, there's a bassist. Yes, um, I think I think the bassist is Blake. And Jeff Robinson plays the saxophone. saxophone. Yes, I mean that. I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, you know. I don't know about you, but when I try and remember people's names, when there's a lot of different people you know with the same common name, like not there's anything wrong with common names, but if you have a lot of people named John or a lot of people named Mike, you might forget here and there it's like is that the same one you know yeah, but see, you're better at remembering names than i ever will be i'm so bad with oh names. trust me it took years of practice just to remember the people i do when i tell you I and get... some people i still don't remember <laughs> i get the memory of a goldfish yeah 30 seconds later it's gone yeah so it takes me meeting people a few times or <laughs> they have to be so striking in whatever it is that brought me to meeting them then I will remember their name. But it has to be pretty, pretty striking. Yeah, um, so Jeff, Jeff Robinson, um, Blake, and I think it's either, I'm sorry, Mike or John. If I'm wrong, you can crucify me in your mind if you wish. <laughs> I don't care. But, I, you know, you guys, you know, the guys know me. They know I love them, and I've always appreciated the vibe when I've went there. Um, yeah, I, th I think they're doing. Are they? They're doing digital events now, I believe too. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of groups are. Yeah, um, Grab the Mic is also, but she's not called. Is she still called Grab the Mic? Well, she's went through a lot of uh, a lot of different names. Like it was Liquid Elements for yes, a while. Yes, it's Liquid Elements now. Thank is it? You. They went yes. back to that. Yes, they're still Liquid Elements. Wow. Because um, okay. right before the pandemic, when you could still go out and see people. Mm. Um, she was doing Liquid Elements over on Ferry Street in Malden at the restaurant there, which I cannot think of the name of right now. But it is on Ferry Street at Eastern Ave. Mm -hmm. um, right next to the, I think it's a karate studio. Okay. Um, they serve um, West Indian food. Mm. I think it's like Haitian food. Okay. The food is amazing. The drinks are amazing. The people are amazing. But I know that at one point she was doing it there, but since then she's gone to virtual. Okay. Um, so. That seems yeah. to be everyone's route now. Because um, I know If You Can Feel It, You Can Speak It is doing that too right. as well. Right. Um, I know at one point they were doing it every Thursday. I'm not 100% sure if they are still doing it every Thursday. I, I have to double check. Month. I'm not sure. Did they change it back to once a, month? once a month? But you can check it out online because I know that Nomadic Soul Core, S O U L K O R E, mm -hmm. is on. Is it Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, I can they, never they remember. Have, no, they have both. The other. Yeah, they have both. But um, um, you should if, check out her page, and she announces when the shows are going to happen. Okay. Yeah. So and um, Jeff Robinson also. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I've gotten I've gotten invites um, to certain open mics these days, and. Uh, just with, you know, between my work schedule and different, like, you know, personal things that I'm doing, um, I've I've shared the events, um, even if I haven't been able to attend myself, because uh, that's essentially what the group AWE was created for, is, you know, to spread the word of things that uh, people 
uh, are going to be involved in artistically. And I say this to people all the time. I may not share everything that I see. I may not share everything that I have uh, for various reasons. It's, it's nothing personal against anybody. It's just uh, I'm one person, but at the same time, I, it's, it's more of a community thing. I may be the admin of the group, but everyone is allowed to post as long as it's artistic related. And, uh, you know, there's, there's times that you go to post something and something may have come up and you, you may forget, you know, or something, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone has, you know, their own reasons for doing things or not doing things, but essentially, uh, that's what the group is for is, you know, so, um, if you have people, if you're listening to this, if you have something local that you would like to, uh, if you have something artistic you'd like to post, something you would like to share that's an event or a project that you're working on, um, anything that's artistic related that you would like to express or share for others to experience as well. Uh, that's what the group is there for. Um, you can just search on Facebook, uh, just type in A-W-E with the dots, A dot W dot E dot, um, or just type in art without ego in the search and you should be able to find the group. Um, it's private because I only want artists who are genuinely interested in art um, or supporting the arts to be in the group. Um, but you can find the group itself. You just can't do anything in the group unless you're a part of it. Um, and that's essentially where this uh, podcast came from is, you know, I was trying to think of, I was wanting to do a podcast for a while. And once I was trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do a wrestling one? Do I want to do a spiritual one? Do I want to do just whatever talk one? And it finally clicked and said, you know what? Uh, I, I was going to do an AWE open mic for a while. I was thinking about that. But when the podcast idea came up, I was like, oh, this is perfect because I can now see, folks, this is this is part of my way of uh, giving back to a whole community and beyond who have never stopped inspiring me. And, you know, like the, a lot of the names that you've heard uh, Beauty say earlier is just, you know, every one of those people that I knew of, I mean, <laughs> of course, there's a few names I didn't know of, but the ones that I knew of, absolutely local and uh, international, very much inspired in some way, shape, or form, if not several, by those artists. And some of my poetry, I had to actually uh, check myself a few years ago because I realized that I was so inspired by some of these people that I was writing my poetry, and it was sounding a lot like theirs. And I had mm -hmm. to go back and re-edit it and say, okay, I'm not trying to mimic them, mm -hmm. you know, but clearly I'm inspired. So, right, right. you know, it's that's the beautiful thing about all this is that you can you can consume so much so many different variations of art and you know we have these physical senses that pick up on these things and we all have those different reactions to all those different senses and that brings us to think of the ideas that we come up with to create something out of nothing you know and that's that's what i think is so beautiful about art you know what what is your personal experience with professional wrestling Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, wrestling um, has been a part of my adult life for so many years now. Um, the person that actually first turned me on to wrestling 
was my ex. His name was Mike, Michael Bartell. Rest in peace. Um, How do you spell that last name? B-A-R-T-E-L-L-E. Okay. Because um, it sounds like a lot like my guy Stephen Barthel. That's what I was thinking. The family is huge. Like, really? Papa was a Rolling Stone. So there's there's a <laughs> lot of um, Bartels around. Um, but Mike was a very special individual. For those who knew him, he worked in Malden, uh, lived in Malden, worked at the Boston Garden. He was the life of the party. Um, he just wasn't a very good boyfriend. But mm. he was a very good friend. Um, but he... he I was with him for 10 years and he loved wrestling hmm. and he's the one that actually got me started watching it. And it was basically, I learned football through him and I learned wrestling through him hmm. because he was so into them that if I wanted to spend time with him, I'd have to sit there and not know what's going on. So I learned a lot about each. And at one point I used to know all the names of all the football teams out there. Um, not as well anymore. Cause when I moved to Hawaii, Football is, you know, six hours before it is here. Oh, wow. Or five hours before it is here. So instead of, you know, going to dinner and watching the game or going to lunch and watching the game, you would go to breakfast and watch the game. Wow. And I was not into watching a game at nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It's just not not how I want to start my day. But um, wrestling, he started me with the wrestling and liking wrestling. Now, would I sit down and watch it by myself? No. Um, But it it was great to learn the names and the histories and so then I went from there to my husband my current husband who is also a huge wrestling fan and he has continued to teach me about wrestling so uh, Roman Reigns shout out to Roman Reigns um, (laughs) (laughs) is probably right now well he's not my favorite right now I'll be honest he's angered me but um, (laughs) Roman Reigns for the longest time was my favorite uh wrestler and I'm I'm learning about new people now because I did stop watching for many years so a lot of people came and went in that time Mm -hmm. Um, like the undertaker just finally retired for the fourth time yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah so my interests were basically relationship related and um yeah I like I said I wouldn't probably sit down and watch it by myself but I can watch it with others and I'm pretty much on top of stuff Okay. So, yeah. Now, if you had to pick a all-time favorite Ooh, or or top 3. Top 3 would be Roman Reigns. Okay. Um oh my gosh. Now, is this the order or is this the... No, there's no particular order cuz it's okay. kind of hard with them. They all are so different. Yeah. I mean, they're all wrestlers, but they all have their own storyline and their own character and mm-hmm. um Roman Reigns right now, like I said, he's angered me. Um, but he's still out there for he's you. He's still out there. <laughs> Have you seen him? But yeah. <laughs> oh, especially now. He doesn't also wear a shirt married no with more. children. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, but Roman Reigns... Um, Didn't he just have triplets or twins? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he just had... Because uh, I know he had a daughter. Yeah, I think he just had at least twins, if not triplets. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roman Reigns. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of any names. Just flew out of my head when you said triplets. Um, oh wow. The Scottish wrestler. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, current. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Yes, thank yeah. you, Drew McIntyre. And um, the third. Let's see. 
third, the third would be. I remember this is all time here. It doesn't have to be just now. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking. The third. I'm trying to think of a woman because I picked two guys. So I'm trying to think. I guess right now it would be Sasha Banks. Yeah. And I think that's because of her connection to Snoop Dogg. You know, he's she's his niece and um, she's also from Boston, so represent. Yes, yes. Um, and she's actually, her storyline is really good now. It wasn't so much before, but it's gotten really good. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, she's, she's doing really well. So, yeah, I think those are my top three. I was watching, um, I don't know if I sent you the video or not, but... Uh... The video of Snoop Dogg interviewing The Undertaker? Yes, that was a great interview. <laughs> Who'd have thunk, right? And they're both wearing t-shirts that belong to each other. Like, Undertaker yeah. was wearing a Snoop Dogg shirt, and Snoop Dogg was wearing Undertaker and him. Well, no, that's they did a collaboration. Yes, so um, Snoop Dogg had the collaboration shirt on. Yeah, and uh, they they both said that all the shirts went, like, instantly. Yeah. It's like, how do, you, how do they not? <laughs> and it was so cool because Undertaker actually said he would come out of retirement to do a um, tag team, a, te a team match with Snoop Dogg if he could find a rapper, oh, a hip-hop star to do it with him. He said he would come out of retirement for that. I mean, I was like, how, how would you not? Yeah. How cool is that, though? I mean, I didn't think that they were friends like that. Okay. You know, like, I knew Snoop Dogg was into wrestling because obviously he brought Sasha with him when she was a child, which got her interested in wrestling now, as an adult. Do you remember which WrestleMania he said it was? I do not. So the reason I remember that is because, of course, I owned all the WrestleManias up until 30 when everything was streaming. Mm -hmm. uh, then you didn't have to buy them no more. You can right. if you want to, but you don't have to. Right. Um, he, it was WrestleMania, I think, yeah, it was 24. Okay. He was the, I think the host or the MC for that evening. Cool. And he came, he, came, he drove like this Snoop Dogg pimped out golf cart <laughs> to the of ring. Of course he did. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's when he brought Sasha there, I think, he right. said for the first time. And she was blown away. Yeah, she well, I mean, how could you not be yeah. when you look at that? You know, like that was that that was that was a really cool uh, WrestleMania that year. I remember because a lot of stuff happened at that one. Uh, that was the one where Ric Flair, Nature Boy Ric Flair, was retired by Shawn Michaels in that match. Oh, that was Ric Flair's okay. last match. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I mean, he was in TNA for a while, but like, if you if you want to, you talk about a tearjerker. If you're a longtime fan and you're enthusiastic about wrestling, watch that match and what leads up to it. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's it's still one of those, like, emotional moments that people talk about who are big into WrestleMania of the day. Well, I want to shout out Shawn Michaels. Oh, really? Yeah, because I missed all the years and he was huge with, um, what's his name? He's married to McMahon. Uh, Triple H? Yes, thank you. Triple H. I missed all of that Triple H, Sean um, period of time. but Oh, did you, you're, you're thinking about Degeneration X. Yes, I missed all of that, <laughs> which seeing it now is pretty cool, but I missed it at the time. But to see um, how long his career has gone and the damage, unfortunately, that it has done to him and his sight, 
the fact that he's still out there and he's still on the shows now, I, I just want to give him a shout out because I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the goats. Yeah, one of the goats. Okay, like I mentioned, Stephen Barthel earlier. Um, one one of his daughters is huge Sasha Banks fan. Right on. Like he's there's videos I've seen him put of her out there where she's got Sasha Banks gear on. She's doing the dance. She's doing the intro that dance. Is awesome. You know, and it's it's just so and I, I love seeing. I love seeing the enthusiasm that kids can have in wrestling where it's actually considered fun. Right. You know, cause it's like, to me, if you're going to go to a kid and say, Oh, what are you doing that for? That's the equivalent of, I mean, some wouldn't do this anyway, but you know, this is just me personally, just for an analogy purposes. Uh, that's the equivalent I think of, going to someone like a 10 like a 8 or 9 year old and say hey uh Santa isn't real you know that right, right. like just and like just intentionally being mean just for the sake of being mean you know it's like it's it's some if you can enjoy something that's inspiring for someone even if you look deeper into it later on and find out hey there were some messed up things about that if the if the initial inspiration has a positive effect I don't see a problem with that, you know? I have to be honest. When I was younger and I first saw wrestling, I just, I guess, I I didn't look at it through the imaginative eyes. I was looking uh, at, at it through the, this ain't real. Yeah. And, you know, seeing them hurt each other, it's just like, why would anybody do that on purpose? <laughs> um, some of the things that they did to themselves, I was just like, why would you do that? Shane but, McMahon. Ugh, plain example. Shane McMahon. And, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. And Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Mick Foley is... He has missing teeth because of it. And now he's a comedian. If you get to see him, he's up on Route 1 every so often. Chrissy Howlou! I love that you know I that. I love it. Um... <laughs> But to to watch it through younger eyes, I was very, um, I could be very judgmental as a child because if it wasn't real, you know, I didn't, I didn't find interest in it. Right. So when I saw it through adult eyes and I realized the magic that was behind it, because it's still not necessarily magical for me, but mm-hmm. I can now see it, why children would be interested in it. You know, the simple magic of knowing that they're, this person that they're so interested in can go out and take over the world mm-hmm. by just standing in a ring with four corners or that they can stand in a cage or they can, you know, all the things that these wrestlers do. Yeah. Um, the wonder that you see in the little kids is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's fueling their imagination, you know, if there weren't children like me who said this isn't real and I don't want to watch it but I'm I'm enjoying it seeing it as an adult through eyes like that well how old were you when you the reality yeah well how old were you when you first exposed to it Mm, I was probably and it was very different back then it was very different back then I want to say that I was probably like eight Mm -hmm. nine years old I was pretty young um and I was introduced to it by friends of my mother but it wasn't a situation where I watched it every week. I'd watch it every so often mm-hmm. with these people. And I just, I couldn't understand why you would purposely beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work for me. So um, I realized that's also because I was a very adult nine-year-old. So I um, 
I didn't, I, I, I didn't get to see it through the eyes of wonder. So now as an adult, I can see it and say, okay, I, I know what this is about, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool when you sit outside of it. Oh, yeah. As a spectator? At, yeah, and as a yeah. spectator and just like learn the storylines. I mean, it's pretty much along the same lines of uh, football. You know, a lot exactly. of, I've heard people say the exact same thing about football. Why would you bash your brains every day for the sake of bashing your brains? Exactly. For a trophy. Well, I mean, I still don't know. <laughs> I still know? don't know if I understand that <laughs> because I never I never played football, but I have seen what the injuries have done to some people and that's that's um hard hard um to look at. But yeah, Football is the same in the respect that you look at it and, you know, like you said, you look at it and you say, why would you slam your head into another person's head yeah. over a ball? Like, it, it, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense. But when you finally learn the strategy behind it and the attempts and why they're doing this, like, they're, this ball is more than just a ball. This mm-hmm. is This is every hope and dream of that person that's on that <laughs> on the uh, field to get that ball over there like and these people are trying to stop him <laughs> like if if you want a good if have you seen the movie any given sunday i have if I you have. want a good dramatic football story yeah. watch that movie and there's two of them cuz there's the older one or am i thinking of the wrong movie no you, you may be thinking of um Ah, uh, I know a movie you're thinking of, and I'm trying to blank on it right now. Because um, the remake was with Adam Sandler. Yes. And the original was with Burt Reynolds. Exactly. Ah. Uh, and by the way, this is how most of our conversations go. So <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing unusual. It may be unusual to you, but yeah. And um, this isn't even after smoking. <laughs> This is so free. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, smoking just makes it worse. That would know? be a totally different show. Yeah, this is this is why I do, this is why um, I do not partake <laughs> in nature um, before I have this type of recorded conversation yeah, yeah. because it wouldn't be a conversation. Right. It would just be a lot of uh 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 uh. Lots and then dead silence for nothing, yeah, you know. Um, God, what was it called? Because they were battling the guards. Wasn't um. Because in the newer one, Stone Cold was in it. And Kevin Nash. And Goldberg. And the Great Khali. And wasn't Jamie Fox in it? He was in Any Given Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So I'm getting but, the two movies. But Nelly, see, a lot of people were in the newer one. Right. Um, Nelly was in it. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin, a real football player, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Wasn't he the one with the dogs, too? With the dogs? Yeah. Who was the one with the dog fighting? No, you're thinking of Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Yeah. See, Michael. No, the... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the um, yeah, there was uh, Terry Crews was yeah, in that. He sure was. Yeah, he he got cheeseburgers. He sure did. You remember that? Wow. <laughs> now I have to see that movie again because I really did like that movie. Oh man, I I can't. But that was right after I learned about football too. 
with yeah. right around the time. Uh, you know, folks, we may think of it later on, and I may even post it when I write the description for the episode of the show, because we're not thinking of it right now, but we may think of it eventually. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this, if they've seen either or both movies, they're going, it's this, it's How do you this. Not know that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's called our memory. That's what happens, yeah. you know? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, B U T. I had to get that. You had to do that. I had to get it. Yeah. Fun times, fun times. Fun times. But the thing is, after this, it won't happen like that again. Because this is is legit. Like, you're letting me do this for this show. And I appreciate that. Because actually, you would know how it's pronounced because you were on the phone with me the day I was trying to figure out how to spell it and what I wanted it to be and if it should be. You know beautiful or yeah that's right i was you were on the phone you know what it was one of those late nights mm-hmm. where i was walking back from 7-eleven with a full pizza yep and i had my phone in one hand mm-hmm. and the pizza in the other <laughs> and i was just babbling as usually <laughs> and i was trying to figure out a name yeah and i still have that piece of paper where i was writing it out and all these different combination really yeah i still have it it's in my poetry book actually wow you should totally send me that i will totally send it to you yeah i don't think i've ever seen that yeah it's it's kind of wild (sighs) so well well we've we've learned a lot about you today we have (laughs) it just feels like we're talking i don't feel like i have taught anything well Um, we've well i've i've known these things about you um except for maybe a few of the extra artists that i didn't know you liked Mm. um you know pretty much everything else you've said i've already known uh but people who are listening who do not know you who have not known you for seven years or more like everyone else besides me um (laughs) uh you know you've you've shown everyone else um who you are and how your spirit operates um you know you you have a a wide variety of appreciation for many different things um you know just out of curiosity what was your reaction when i asked you to be part of the show it was kind of mixed because i was like do i want to expose myself like because i mean people all over the world can listen to this yeah and is, is this something that i want to be a part of the world (laughs) and will I mess up because I'm just talking to you so there's certain things that you know I had to edit in my mind saying saying don't say this when you're on there and don't babble like I am right now um so part of it was was a little scary but at the same time I was really happy because I am really proud of you in this podcast and everything that you're trying to do with art without ego so to be a part of that was pretty cool Oh, I, I appreciate that. I really do. Well, you've done a, you've done a lot with that page. A lot of people have been touched by that page. A lot of events have been mentioned on that page that I wouldn't know about, and I'm sure other people that listen to this show wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for Art Without Ego. Yeah, and I've I've had people uh, message me before and ask me, um, hey, you know, what's going on in the local area, and. You know, there's been times where people have reached out to me and I haven't been, like, you know, I've been at work or I've been busy doing something else and I didn't have time to actually respond to them at that time and then you can get caught up and forget about it later. You know, it's like, 
it's that it's the type of situation where you know you mean well but when you're when you're personally juggling so many things whether it be personally professionally etc you know life can tend to happen you know like uh, i've heard um more than one uh wise person say the uh, words like these uh life is what happens when you make plans and you know i mean it happens every day you know (laughs) you can make all the plans you want but when stuff happens it happens and all you can do is adjust to it um but no i i really appreciate you being here and would you be open to doing another one of these sure okay this was painless <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know compared to what i was thinking it could possibly be um but yeah sure i do this again okay i'll do this again that's wonderful that's wonderful um so folks uh you know if me and her wanted to we could literally talk all night about absolutely nothing, nothing. <laughs> it, it, it it would be more nothing than a seinfeld episode that much of nothing yes because absolutely. you can we can go in circles we can talk about new stuff it's just like this is it's how we vibe it's how it is and it's our besties Oh, and by the way, I would like to put it out there that I am the bestie. You have mentioned me as one of the besties. I am the, <laughs> the originator, the original. So everybody else just needs to know their place. I am the original bestie. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're right when I you say that. that straight. Yeah, you are right when you say that. Because I wasn't calling anybody you bestie. Calling anybody you, were, bestie. You, were, you were literally the first one. The first so, yeah, you were... Literally seniority status right. as far as <laughs> <laughs> you've got the locks. You've got the locks to prove it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, folks, uh, we appreciate you listening to us, and uh, we hope you keep listening to us, and we hope that you know feel free, uh, you know, tell someone about the podcast. Uh, you know if. If you like art and you want to either consume art or want to express your artistic nature or just be inspired in a general sort of way, uh, you can uh, go on to Facebook and again, look up Art Without Ego. That's uh, A-W-E with dots after each letter or just Art Without Ego. You should be able to find that in the search engine on Facebook. Um, and there are plenty of platforms for this podcast to be on. I don't remember all of them off top hand, but you can go to the description and all the links for the different platforms are on there. Uh, Spotify is my personally most used platform for myself. So that's the one I tend to promote first and foremost. Um, we appreciate you very much. I appreciate you. If you've been listening this far, because we've been here for a while. What is it? Uh, I don't know. What does your watch say? I don't wear a watch. You don't wear a watch? I don't wear a watch. What? Well, it's sometimes tw- I It's do. almost 2021. I, you don't wear a watch? No, I got a phone. Now. You got to get an Apple watch, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one either. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. I, I have one for show. I have a few <laughs> actually really nice watches that I'll wear, you know, when I'm feeling like it. But for the most part, no, I don't wear a watch. I wear a um, Fitbit. Okay. That's still more than what I wear. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have anything on it. Oh, okay. You just got to tap it and it tells you if you did anything today. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Um, 
So folks, yeah, it's it's almost been two hours here. Has it really? Yeah. Yeah, right? Because time flies when you have fun. You know? This is very true. We were laughing and two hours have almost went by. Have we ever had a conversation where laughing was not involved? Like, I don't think that we've ever had, like, like a doomsday, ugly, oh my god, conversation where there wasn't laughter involved. No. Because I think we even laughed then. Yeah, even when it's been serious situations, we've <laughs> yeah. made either both have made the other person laugh or mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we, we've never said an unkind word to each other. I'm going to have to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing. We've tried. It just didn't work out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, next time I'll tell you the story about how I can't get angry. <laughs> and I was challenged on that when I was being angry. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that, that would be a funny story to tell. That was a uh, conversation, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Beauty, thank you again for being part of the show. Thank you, Luchi. I really had fun. And again, people, I can't thank you enough for listening. Thank you again. And to end on a high note, as I appreciate doing, because, you know, I would rather be up than down as far as my mood goes. And I assume safely that you all feel the same way. Uh, There is no hierarchy in self-expression. And art will truly be without ego for all time. Thank you very much, everyone. Peace and love. That was two hours of talking? Jesus. <laughs>